So I just wanted to talk about this journey. And what journey would that be? You know, we, we talk about it being a spiritual mountain or that spiritual pathway. And I guess for me, growing up, there was always that desire to seek truth, to know more. And I asked so many questions. Seek truth about what? Like I didn't believe the BS, I guess. Yep. Like I, I looked at the news and, and I read the newspaper and I read the stories in mum's new idea and that's oh, life that. and take five. What and was, what was the other weekly? Women's weekly, that's you know, and, and there was all those around me growing up and I guess I always looked at stuff and read stuff and watched stuff and I was like, but there's got to be more than just that. Didn't you say that you were raised... You were Catholic? Yes. And so when you went to school, because you went to a private school. Only high school. Oh, oh, only high school. Okay, so. But I did uh, church growing up as a child. So I did um, my Holy Communion, my Confirmation. I attended a Luke 18 class. We went to church pretty much every Sunday, attended Mass, you know, always around that church environment, I guess. And is that something that played a big part in your life? Yeah, it did. And that's also where, you know, even now I could probably sit in a mass and recite it word for word from start to finish in a proper traditional, like the church that I went to, you go to different churches, different priests have different ways of, um, or, or different, uh, it's like excerpts, or, kind of. Okay. Yeah. And I could literally, I knew when to sit, when to stand, when to kneel, what came next, when they rang the bell, because it was the same thing over and over and over so again. So in a sense, it's like a mantra, so to speak. Something like that. But would you only recount that when you were in church or would it be something that you were expected to only do? Only in church. Only in, oh, only in Whereas church. Whereas other people okay. take that into their home life. Right. Okay. Whereas I felt like it was, you know, we did the good thing on a Sunday or a Saturday evening when you went to Mass and then you went home and I didn't pray outside of that and I didn't. Then then what was it about that that obviously struck a chord with you? I think it was the the, the underlying teachings, I guess, of, of how to be a good person, but the thing that struck the wrong chord with me was if you don't do the right thing, right. then you will be not punished by God, but, you know, frowned upon. Yeah. And so it became about, well, I don't want to be struck by, you know, we used to have the laugh with our friends, oh, yeah, I'm going to be struck by lightning as I enter the church, you know, and I've got to go to confession. And um, But then the older I got, the more I started to go, there's still something lacking from this. And... I guess, you know, I was speaking about this yesterday, Nandi, that, you know, when I entered temples in my 20s, when I went traveling like to Thailand and Bali and places like that, I had so much more reverence and held those spaces so much more sacred, I guess. There was always that, I guess that space within me that 
wanted a deeper connection, but I didn't understand what that feeling was or what that. Did you ever feel it? Like, did you ever have tastes or glimpses of what you have now previously? I think there were moments and little glimpses of it. Um, you know, there was one particular time in my life when I was in um, Italy for the World Youth Day in, in 2000 and I remember walking up Hopala Steps and it was near the Spanish Steps in Rome. I'm pretty sure there was like a, a, a big old church at the top of like a hill. You had to climb so many steps to get up there. But I remember it was as dusk was falling, so the sun was setting across the sky and when we walked in, there was um, chanting or I don't know what you would call that in the Catholic religion where people, you know, there was men up the front. It was obviously priests and they were doing their... Would have been like, like Gregorian, Gregorian chants. Yeah. And I remember walking in and just, I just melted. And I remember I would just, I sat down on the on the concrete floor and I just... I wasn't in a sleep state, but I was just so peaceful. And I remember my teacher came up and she patted my shoulder a few times and my friend tried to pat my shoulder to try and get me out of that state because obviously it was, you know, we'd been there, we'd ticked the box and now it was time to go. And I remember putting my hand up and being like, just go, just leave me. Like, I just want to, I just want to stay here. And it was really hard to bring myself out of that state because even though I wasn't asleep, I was so deeply peaceful and it was the most peace I think I'd felt in probably my whole life. And so that taste for me was like, I want more of that. So when, when you talk about that now, why does that make you emotional? Um, because I guess my life felt so chaotic and then when I finally experienced that, I was pulled out of it. Right. That no one else, I guess, held it as sacred as I did in, in that those moment, moments yeah. to go, just, can I just have another 10 minutes? Can I just, can, can you just leave me be for just, you know, it was like the tapping on my shoulder wasn't done in a gentle way. It was like a, come on, we've got to go now. And it was like, oh my God, if you knew where I was. You know, there was no gentleness and that's what I, I needed. Yeah. So did you, you know, and as when you came back from that trip, yeah, was that something that you then looked for or was it something that just then disappeared no, into? No, it was something that, that I, I constantly looked for. And so I remember um, it was only a few years after that, um, because that was when I was 17 and then when I was 21 I went to Thailand for my 21st and I remember the one thing I wanted to do was to go to the sacred sites, to the yeah. temples. Like that was above everything else that was important on that trip. It wasn't about lounging around a pool and drinking. It was I had to go to the sacred sites. I had to go to the temples. I had to experience the the calmness and the stillness and the and reverence was, that was comes. that the thing that you were looking for that you were that underlying desire to go whether you saw it you know in um 
those priests or monks that were in that church or other images of um, temples with, you know, potentially Buddhist monks like that's so well known or yeah. swamis or whatever else, um, you know, in India that maybe you'd seen as well. So was it, was that desire to go to the temples to just bathe in the beauty of that site or was it to be able to feel something or did you think that you're going to find something in that place? Do you remember? Look, to be honest, who knows? I just know that it was it was beyond me. It was I had to go. So there was an underlying urgency. Yes. Okay. And that I wasn't, you know, I didn't go with the expectation of I'm going to have this particular experience or anything, but it was the minute that I stepped into like the temple, it was like, I just wanted silence. And I remember I, you know, I I had this conversation with you the other day and Andy is that I turned to my partner at the time and I was like, why are the tourists so noisy? Like, why can they not just be, and I was only 21 and I was like, why can they just not be in stillness? Because that to me was everything to just be in the moment and not fill it with noise or cameras or talking about the experience of what it is. It was, it was allowing yourself to absorb what needed to be absorbed by being quiet. And that for me was just. Did you normally do that in everyday life? God, no, no. I filled my days with noisy cars and subwoofers and very loud, obnoxious music and dancing and drinking. And it was just constant movement and noise in every minute of my day and had been for years. And I didn't know how to be quiet. And even growing up, we always had a TV or three on together at any given time. And when you step outside from the TVs, there was always a radio on outside. If we were outside, you know, there was the back radio on in the, in the garage or there was just noise everywhere. And I always had. But you didn't know any different, right? No, you didn't desire, that's... you didn't necessarily desire stillness and peace and quiet. No. So I wonder what it was when you went overseas that the desire was there to, mm. to seek that out, right? So yeah. that it was an urgency to go. So when you're away on holidays, things tend to be a little bit more calm, a little bit more peaceful, a bit more quiet. Yeah. That something within you was literally going, maybe look at something different. And I think too, you know, when you go, and especially Thailand, like you go on the boat tour to like these beautiful tranquil waters and you're really connected with a a side of nature that you don't, what I didn't get living, growing up in Perth, Western Australia. Like I, I didn't really venture to the hills as a kid. I didn't really get myself out. You know, I spent most of my summers down at like Medham's pool, you know, down the, down at the beach. But apart from that, it was always filled with people and movement and noise. There was never just that beauty and stillness in the water, which there is when you go to spaces like that. So I think that kind of started me on this little journey of trying to find something. And then I kind of got lost after then because I, didn't know what it was I was searching for. And so I filled 
you know, my, my mid twenties to mid thirties with just stuff trying to, to what, find what, what, the thing, but I didn't know what the thing was. But were you looking for anything? That's the thing. Happiness. I mean, but were you? I felt like I was so unhappy because I knew, I knew, I think the thing inside me was I knew life was meant to be different. Right. But at no given point in time could I find that thing. I didn't know what it was. It wasn't in the bottle of my scotch bottle that I drank every week and it wasn't in the fast cars that I drove and it wasn't in the money and the houses that I had with my, and the cars that I had with my ex, you know, that's, that didn't bring me happiness. And I remember my brother standing in, you know, that the third house that myself and my ex-husband had bought and he went, look at what you've got. And I was like, this is nothing because none of this, none of this makes me happy. It's just stuff. But I still felt so unfulfilled and like there was such a part of me that was unfulfilled, but I didn't know how to fill that, right? right. So I tried to fill it with stuff. Fill it with stuff, yeah. you know, or maybe if I buy another pair of high heels, that'll make me feel happy or buy another piece of jewelry or, you know, and we all do it. And so maybe if I go dancing every weekend or maybe it's those people that I'm hanging out with that are going to bring me more happiness, but I just got so lost in the process of trying to find that thing that I didn't realize it was that stillness that I was actually looking for. And so all the stuff and all the things that I filled my time and space and energy with was actually pushing me further away from the thing that yeah. I'd been looking for. Um, so it was, it's fascinating when I look back and reflect on that urgency, that niggling thing that kept pushing me. But you to, didn't know what it was and you didn't know where to I look for it. I thought it was the holidays and I yeah, thought yeah, it was to get away, to you know, get when it. you go to the sacred sites and, you know, you go to the UK and I went to the temple, not the temples, but the old, the old churches and mm. the, the sacred castles in Wales and all those things. It was like, maybe that's going to give me the thing that I've been searching for. And, you know, every little piece of the puzzle kind of made me feel something within like, okay, I feel good in this space or I don't feel good in this space or um, I want more of this space that I've just entered. But I didn't know how to have that in everyday life and I didn't know how to have that. You know, when you go away and you have that moment where people go like down south and you travel for three or four hours and people go, oh, you know, they take that big sigh. I love the fresh air. And it's like, but you can have the fresh air wherever you are. Mm. You don't have to drive four hours to get it. And now I understand that. But I used to do so much travel to try and, I guess, find those moments of of <sighs> that I didn't well, know how to get. It's to get away from life, right? Absolutely. So you find a little bit of peace, well, it's not even peace because it's a false peace in a sense, right, because yeah. anything that is outside our normal experience is going to be more calm, Yeah, right, like when we go to the hills or if you drive down the countryside or whatever, then the nervous system starts calming down, yeah, and then that's why we want to repeat it because when we go to that place, I felt this way. Yeah. And it's not an escapism, you're not trying to escape life. It's literally like life trying to tell you what you're trying to look for. But then you go back into the real world again or you go home 
and then it all flares up again, right? Yes, so we've got to book the next holiday. Yeah. <laughs> we've got to book the next holiday. We've got to do this. So we're constantly having to be away from our normal life yeah. instead of being a space in our life where it is peaceful and calm. Yeah. Yeah. So I know you've told me in the past that um, you end up doing like a lot of self-development stuff too. Yeah. I thought I was okay. You know, I thought that I had the things that would bring me happiness. I didn't realize that I didn't realize I was so bad, I guess, because I just became good at filling the space with stuff. Or did you become numb? Although, did you become numb? But did you? I know. I numbed myself out with alcohol. Right. Right. But then obviously that would have still sent you on an emotional seesaw. Yeah, and then painkillers. So I had back pain, therefore I would take Nurofen and Panadol and then I think it was called naproxen um, when I had a back injury and it was and that with alcohol and it didn't take the edge off so you took more and you drank more and so the alcohol went from having it as a mixed drink to just by itself straight because you became so numb and so used to, you know, oh, well, I don't want to take two Nurofen, two Panadol. So you take four Nurofen, four Panadol, because then you might feel less. And that's how I lived my life for a few years. Um, And then what changed? (sighs) You know, it got to a point where it got a lot worse. Things had had shifted within my life. Obviously, I, this is fast forward quite a few years. <laughs> uh, I became like I spiraled so deep that I just didn't want to be here anymore. Um, I just I was so checked out from myself and from it was just I, I woke up every day and it was just the same thing every day. It's there was so there was, day, there was no it? happiness. There was no excitement. Everything was just too much. And so I was like, if I was here or I wasn't here, it didn't really matter because I was only really existing, not living. And there was still that underlying part of me that that knew that there was such a different way to live, but I just had no idea how that was meant to look and whether that was for me. I didn't know whether that was something that was possible for me in this lifetime. But but you didn't know what that was. No, I just so you, knew so that I'd had pockets of it and moments of it in my of, life. And what would you have called that? Like a, a stillness when a my stillness. mind was so so the, the same sensation that I would get when I would drink copious amounts or I would right. dance but I would feel nothing around me, like I couldn't care less who was around me because it was the the – the alcohol that numbed all of my, I guess, my nervous system and calmed everything down, but it was the pumping of the music through the vibration through my body that nothing else mattered in those moments. Right. And so those pockets of of stillness that I'd felt when I'd entered those temples or had those experiences along with the numbness. But a numbness is very different to a peace and stillness. Oh, yeah, so I was searching for that peace but I couldn't get it so that's why I numbed everything out because everything else was too much my mind always raced and my nervous system was always firing I didn't know how to calm that down 
Um, I was always in pain and now the more research I've done, the more I understand why my body is the way it is, but it makes sense as to why I struggled so much growing up and why I felt the need to have to calm it with something. Yeah. It's painkillers, alcohol, whatever. Um, Yeah, and then I got to a point where I was literally at a crossroads where it was I could go one of two ways. One was to start putting myself first or I could literally give up on life (laughs) as it was. And then I guess what changed is that I met you, Anandi, and it makes me emotional. Um, I did a a course to – to learn how to shift muscles because everywhere I didn't want people to live the way that I did, which is why I did this muscle release course that you were teaching back then because I knew how much pain I had been in my whole life and if I could make a difference to someone else's life, that's why I wanted to start learning it. But then from that moment of you being the teacher in that space, and everything unfolding, which you'll have to listen to 74 more podcasts to figure that out, but <laughs> everything has changed within my life that I now, I did not know that that peaceful state that I had at the top of that hill in Rome, listening to those, what did we call it? The chanting, the Gregorian, Gregorian chants or whatever it was. You know, I did not know that that stillness and that that peace state where I wasn't asleep but I was just melted into the earth. I so was it's like one, a non-sleep deep rest state. I was at one with – and there was – someone could have literally taken all my money off me and I would not have cared because it's like, well, clearly you need it more than I do. Yeah. Blessings, off you go. You know, like <laughs> I did not care in that moment. And I didn't know that that moment could become – the underlying thing within my life and literally I didn't need to climb to the top of an old church in Rome to listen to Gregorian chants to have that peaceful state. I know, but in a in a sense that that was the opening of the door, right? That was that initial recognition for you. Yeah. That it was given that this is actually what's possible. Yeah. This feeling, this state that you're in is the pure state that we're meant to be in. Yeah. So you're very lucky that you got that door open for you very early on in your teens, right? So, but then as so many of us do, we, we lose that. We, life happens. We're we're teenagers. We're in our twenties. We have no idea what's going on really, do we? (laughs) Um, and so often that is not a priority, even though it may be something that is still underlying, like it's always there. And if we listen, we actually know that it's there, you know. And um, I was reflecting on this the other day about when I was a paramedic, um, and I and I still remember this to this day, that I would be – at a job or I have patient in the back or something and something was going down and I would remember that in that moment or series of moments or circumstance that there was 
all of a sudden like a quiet or a depth underneath my thought process. Right. And I remember going, I don't know what that is. But it's like when, particularly when everything kind of went pear-shaped and we had to rush people back to hospital or whatever, that tended to kick in. Um, and instead of rushing, a lot of people would start rushing, everything for me would slow down. Yeah, it was like everything calmed down. And so my movements and stuff were not rushed. Yeah. They had purpose to them, right, because then you're less likely to make mistakes, I guess, as well. But it wasn't that I was able to control my nervous system, but it was just this. And now I recognize it as that state of presence underneath it. But I remember being aware of it going, that's really weird. My brain's going because I've got to do this and that, et cetera, et cetera. But underneath it, there's this thing. I don't understand what that is, but, hey, we're going to go. And then I'd forget about it, right, because you'd have to take the patient to hospital. Um, But I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. and so, so we're given glimpses of it. We're always given glimpses. Yeah. The doors are always shown, but it's if we choose to open that door and actually walk through, because presence is there already, right? It's that state of we're core. We're born with it, aren't we? We, we? we are born with it. Yeah. But, and like I always talk about, it's that, that, um, Presence is that that stream that has no boulders in it. Yeah, and it just flows, and it's it's beautiful, and it's crisp, and it's clean. But due to life circumstances, then we now have boulders in the river or stream or whatever you want to call it, and it creates turbulence. Yeah, and we are so often given the opportunity of going. It's there. You have to just open the door instead of having these external things trying to make us feel better. And it's like we want to drown out the bits within ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, we always have to have that noise, a distraction, because I actually don't want to be by myself. Yeah, I don't want to be sitting with me. I don't know what to do. What am I meant to do if if there's nothing there? And I guess that's part of the way humans are these days you know if you go to the asian countries and that a lot of them just sit and they'll just whittle some wood or do some some craft or something but they're really present with what they're doing Mm. they're kind of just they're in the moment whereas this day and age people don't know how to just be quiet they fill their their days and their space with netflix or catch-ups in spacism and there's nothing wrong with that but it's like at what point are people going to go back to how they should be living which is to have the stillness to be able to open those doors. But have we ever had it because I don't remember when I was younger that we didn't have the television on or mum had the radio on or you know we had to fill our days with doing things had to be things or if you were just lying down you would be reading right or 
doing the tape deck and destroying your little <laughs> cassette because you're trying to get the recording <laughs> from the radio. Um, and then the the uh, disc jockey would talk over the end of the, the or song. The beginning and of the, be like, oh, or the beginning you, of I've the song. I've been waiting three hours to hear my favourite song. The beginning song. And then you go, oh, I have to listen to the top 40 tonight, tomorrow night again. Anyway, we digress. Kids these days um, have no idea. <laughs> so obviously when you started with Peak – peak energy yoga as we like to call it now you didn't automatically necessarily feel the piece that you do now but how did you experience it in the beginning and and what did it feel like initially when you went to core because core is not hard space right so you must have done other stuff in your self-development um nothing like that it was, right. it was personal development. It was very um, clunky, intellectual, do this, do that, implement this, your whole life will change. It didn't, um, but it still got me on the right pathway. That's right. So everything led me to the next doorway, I yep. guess. Yeah. And I just remember going to core and I can liken it to being in that sacred church at the top of that hill where I remember the first time I went to core, I think I was outside. I just remember being on a plastic chair outside and the sun was coming down on me and maybe I had already been to core once and then it was the second time we did it ourselves. Yeah, because we, I think we, it feels I like so long ago. You, you, Yeah, you would have had to have done it in the, in the classroom. That's right. And then we stepped outside to do it again by ourselves. Oh, okay. Yep. And I just remember that the first experience was a, am I there? I think it was still that I couldn't switch off my brain. Am I doing this right? Am I supposed to experience what I'm experiencing? And then when I stepped outside and I did it on my own terms myself, which was only probably 40 minutes, it wasn't that far long after, it's that experience that I remember that I felt like I melted into the chair and that I was aware of the sun on me, but I, it felt like I was so connected with the warmth of the sun and there was movement of the trees and the birds around me. And it felt like I had melted into the chair, but my feet no longer existed on the floor of the concrete outside. It's like my feet had become one with the earth and my hands were on the chair, but they were part of the chair. It was like I had become a part of everything and time literally ceased to exist. And how long did it take you to get to core? Seconds. And I remember doing that and my whole body just relaxed into itself. And it was in that moment that there was, there was no doubt. There was no question. There was no breath. There was no need for words or movement or anything and the pain that was normally in my body ceased to exist and it was just I was I just was I was just I was just there but I was also everywhere and there was no there was no this is me and that is the chair and that is the ground and that is the the sky it was just an expansiveness that I had never ever in a million years thought that I could ever experience. And to know that I think I left that space just going, what was that? And if I can do that in the space of like literally seconds, 
and have that experience where time literally ceased to exist. Like three hours could have passed and I would have had, I think I was out there for like a good half an hour. Like you guys left us there for Mm. a, a fair amount of time. But I think the only reason that I came out of that is because the sun was warming me up quite nicely (laughs) and I had to kind of get out of the sun but I could have sat there for just and it was like normally the body especially when you when I used to meditate it was like the mind would wander and then you go oh now my bottom's hurting and my legs are starting to cramp up and you shuffle 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 whereas when I go to core that doesn't happen it's like this total relaxation of the body and the mind and the nervous system all within seconds and I've it's the most profound thing that I think people forget how simple yet how profound that is and you know how cool that source has given us this amazing way of living life that allows us to have that complete and utter space of expansive depth that just keeps expanding and just keeps going deeper like it it doesn't end it's 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 infinite that it's just amazing and it blows my mind to think had I not and that makes me emotional had I not followed that thing that I felt and listened to that inner knowing to go just keep doing it like I didn't, I didn't believe in myself and I was in such a bad space when I, I first came through, but it's like, had I not allowed that doorway to open, I don't think I'd be on this journey for another few lifetimes, put it that way. Like mm-hmm. I don't think this opportunity would have been presented again in the way that it's been presented for me to be on this journey now. And I guess has this journey given you more of an understanding about life 100%. and about your place yeah. in life? Yeah. And that was one thing growing up I always questioned, why am I here? Why was I born into this family? Why don't I ever feel like I fit in anywhere? What am I meant to be doing? Clearly, and I used to always go, clearly it can't just be, you're born, you live, you work, you go to school, you do some stuff, you might have a family, you get sick, you die. Like my brain was like, no, there's got to be more to life than just those things. You know, yes, it's filled with stuff and happiness and memories and love and laughter and tragedy and all the other things that come in between. But there was still that part of me that was like, there's something that people are really missing on this journey. Mm -hmm. And now I know what it is. And a lot of people go, oh, you know, I don't know what my purpose is. Your purpose is to find this doorway and to open it and to honour it and to find that space that you have been showing glimpses of because everybody has. I believe oh, everybody yes, I, has I been totally showing glimpses that. of that. And to just go on the journey within the lifetime because it's, it's life-changing. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. To find out more about peak energy medicine, or as we like to call it, peace energy yoga, and to find extra resources and information, just head to the website at www.anandisanu.com. Thank you again. 
many blessings and I'll see you next time.